It's lights out and away we go. Welcome back to the pit straight. It's been a long, cold, dark month without Formula One racing, but we are recording this just a few short hours after the Azerbaijan Grand Prix brought us an action-packed return to racing. Well, it brought F1 back. I'm not sure about action-packed or frankly, even racing. Um, anyway, I'm Jack Swansea, the host of The Pit Straight, a Formula One podcast from FrontStretch.com. And joining me is the man so dedicated to F1, his meal prep consists solely of Red Bull, FrontStretch.com IndyCar editor Alex Gintz. Alex, how are you? And more importantly, would you like to share with the class how you spent your F1 spring break? I'm feeling daring today because for this week I meal prepped with NOS instead. Oh, so yeah. I've started this episode off by immediately lying to our audience. <laughs> just a little it's okay it, it, it's a really long story involving Dumbledore and a night out on the town and whatnot I'll go I'll go into it later but um I'm glad that spring break's over I can't stand these month-long breaks that we have in the F1 schedule I know why we do but I spent mine um alternating between periods of four-day hibernation and then focusing on IndyCar on the weekends and now I'm back with my pinky out and ready to uh, ready to adopt my fake European accent and carry on with my opinion spouting. You've switched the way we're, you're spelling the word tire. <laughs> yep, I'm putting I'm putting two L's and canceled. <laughs> well, uh, April in Los Angeles here has better weather than any place deserves to have, so it wasn't exactly a long, cold, dark month for me. Um, but I did have the great fortune to spend some of my spring break at the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach for Front Stretch. Um, getting to watch some open wheel race cars on what is legitimately my favorite racetrack in the world. Um, I got to write a piece about Roman Grosjean, who finished second. I was joined on the podium by fellow ex-Formula 1 driver Marcus Erickson. And Felipe Nazar and Sebastian Bourdais were racing on the IMSA side. Did you remember that they were F1 drivers at one point? I remember Nazar very well. Bourdais is a bit of a fever dream, to recall. Oh, it was after the collapse of Champ Car, he went to, to Toro Rosso. Yes, yes. And was a teammate to Scott Speed for some time. No, his teammate was Sebastian Buemi. And it was it was in 2009 because uh, across what? two Red Bull teams, three of their drivers were named Sebastian. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, Bourdais is a bit of a fever dream to remember. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, just want to take also a moment to thank you, our audience, for listening to the show. Um, we hope you're enjoying it. We're having a good time making it. And if you want to hear more about our thoughts on everything from Top Gun Maverick to geopolitics, why not give Alex and I a follow on the Bird app at Jack Swansea and Alex Gintz one respectively. Um, and of course, because we don't recap the full F1 race on this podcast for the full story of what happened in Baku this morning, check out frontstretch.com on the web. Follow Front Stretch on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which, as promised, now has IndyCar content. Um, so that's some more open wheel stuff on uh, on a predominantly NASCAR channel. So we're it, the more that you listen to this show and watch those videos, the balance of power shifts at Front Stretch, and we can talk about F1 more. Um, <laughs> without further ado, let's get into our topic this week, which is the sprint format. Uh, Azerbaijan is the first sprint of 2023. Alex, first thoughts. Do we need the sprint? Do we even want it? I don't know what I need. I have a I have a I have a tricky relationship with my own well-being, but I really do not want these weekends at all. 
for uh, our audience who may not be uh, totally up on it, um, F1 announced a new sprint format Tuesday before the race, uh, the, the week race weekend, which began on Friday. Um, Friday now on these eight sprint weekends of the year, we'll see a single practice session followed by a usual three round Grand Prix elimination qualifying, but new for this year that sets the results or that sets the starting lineup for Sunday's race. Um, so everything on Saturday, beginning with a new special session called the sprint shootout, which is another three round elimination qualifying that sets the, the starting lineup only for the sprint, which is a hundred kilometer race which hands out points to the top eight drivers and doesn't now set the starting lineup for the Grand Prix on Sunday. So, I mean, I kind of think the new format is an improvement over the old one. I don't know what you think. Oh, man. I have to disagree, both oh. for, for my sense of integrity and for the continued longevity of the show. I have to... <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that I really, really despise these weekends because I have to echo what some of the drivers are saying that there's a lot of incentive. And of course, this will change as we go further into the season and get closer to the to the uh, wrapping up of the title. But in a sense, in a sense, I say that very, very heavily, in a sense, something about this sprint weekend structure makes a very good case for the drivers to just sort of ride around. Um, you know, especially if you're uh, new Yuki Tsunoda or Nick DeFries or Joe Guan Yu or Valtteri Bottas, and it's not entirely clear that you're going to have a shot at points anyway on the weekend. Um, what exactly is the purpose of you showing up for that 100-kilometer sprint? I get it. I get that more racing is good racing, and anything that F1 can do to add to the fan experience is a net positive. But at the very least, I could respect the previous sprint race because everybody had something to gain come the Grand Prix Sunday. It just seems like uh, I, I'm not one to try to fix what isn't broken. Well, I, I had never really considered that take on the original sprint format, which is that all of those drivers who aren't don't have a shot at points, those positions matter more than they would in the Grand Prix. Because, you know, if you finish 13th on Sunday, you don't get any points. It doesn't really matter. But if you finish 13th on sprint day, you would start 13th. And that's better than starting 16th. But I think that qualifying, setting the starting lineup for the Grand Prix is really important. Because yes. uh, there was, there has like, ever since they introduced the idea of sprints, the confusion over who is credited with pole position and what it means was, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, because, I mean, especially compared to NASCAR, which is, I think, a good standard of comparison for motorsports trying to make format changes to provide more value to fans. Um, like pole position in NASCAR, it is a statistic that is counted, but it's, it sort of means more in Formula One, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and then, of course, IndyCar is somewhere in the middle because it kind of always is. Where starting on pole position is a huge deal for an F1 driver's career. Like when Kevin Magnuson, Kevin Magnuson will always be that guy who got pole position in Brazil, even though he didn't start first in the Grand Prix because George Russell right. was Sprint. And, and frankly, I think we may be on the same page that 
Brazil sprint last year, it was kind of the only good sprint there has been. I liked, I, okay. I didn't like the outcome of the sprint in Brazil in 2021, but that doesn't matter because I'm not here to be a fan. 2022. 2021 with um, oh. Hamilton coming through the field. I agree with you on 22. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. But, but the one redeeming weekend for the sprint, aside from hospital position, hospital position in 22, <laughs> was the, the way that the sprint enabled us to see two days in a row of just pure 100% weapons grade Lewis Hamilton. But I, I think that you'll, I hope I phrased this right and tell me if I don't. I think the fact that we're looking for weapons grade Lewis Hamilton to justify the sprint weekend isn't exactly a great reflection of the nature of the sprint weekend itself. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see what you're talking about there. Um, one one thing I do want to bring up about the sprint is how confusing everything, like how all the terminology is, um, which okay. is something that I think, I mean, we're, we're talking about NASCAR, or at least, you know, I brought it up, this continuous like adjustment of the format in increasing the number of like words which have to be capitalized because they mean they're like a proper noun now like stages um or, or stage playoff points i think is a good example of course at front stretch we we don't capitalize those um which i think is a guy yeah, i do think is a good decision i'll go to bat for the front stretch style guide here um but so the sprint shootout First of all, a little bit confusing if you were a NASCAR fan somewhere between 2008 and 2014 in regards to what is now the Clash. Um, it was never called the Sprint Shootout. It was the Budweiser Shootout and the Sprint Unlimited, but I digress. Um, that's another, just another qualifying session, but it can't be called Sprint Qualifying because last year or in 2021, see, even I'm confused by this, that was what the Sprint Race was called. The sprint yes. race was called sprint qualifying. So the qualifying for the sprint race can't be called sprint qualifying because that's confusing. But technically, the sprint race isn't a race. It's just a sprint. But in F2, which has had sprints for years, they have a sprint race and a feature race. But F2 isn't allowed to call their races Grand Prix, and Formula One is, but you can't have two Grand Prix on the same weekend. <laughs> it's just Stop it, Jack. You're scaring me. <laughs> it's... This is the this I think for me is a big problem with these kind of efforts in motorsports is that they just become so confusing in their own terminology for new fans. Where F one does have this sort of body of new ish, you know, over the last couple of years, especially twenty twenty one, Drive to Survive, blah blah blah. These new fans who do have an understanding of how F one works to the extent that they you know they can follow along Grand Prix and they know you know three rounds of qualifying, blah blah blah. But then a new person coming in, like say somebody for whatever reason, I had managed to convince one of my friends to wake up at 4 a.m. and watch Azerbaijan. They wouldn't really know what's going on. Uh, if you know we sort of watched the whole weekend, someone might even get confused and think that the race on Saturday is just what is the only race. I don't know. I really don't. Um, we can talk about the result, maybe. Sergio Perez won both the the sprint and the actual Grand Prix. Uh, maybe that is why ESPN reported Max Verstappen saying, just scrap the whole thing. 
Um, I'll read the whole the whole Verstappen quote because he we can introduce his argument into into our conversation. Verstappen said, "I think it's just important to go back to what we had and make sure every team can fight for the win. That's what we have to try and aim for and implement all these kinds of artificial excitement." I would say I got bored through today's qualifying, to be honest. I like to have one particular qualifying where you put everything in it, and that was yesterday, which I, of course, enjoyed. Then you have to do it again today, and I'm like, my God, another qualifying? I just don't really enjoy that. So, you know, from the driver's seat himself, it is boring. It's it's not hard to point out the merits of the sprint weekend format. I think it becomes a lot more difficult to point out what makes those merits worth chasing in the first place. Sure, the sprint week, the sprint weekend format can be entertaining and it can provide some extra racing and it can spice things up a bit, but it reminds me of stage racing in the sense that it brings a little bit of extra excitement, but at what cost? And yeah. to 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 kind of pull out, because like you said, in F one qualifying is a big big deal, and to be on pole position is a big big deal, and Monaco qualifying is better than the Monaco Grand Prix a lot of the times. So, <laughs> Can you can you imagine a Monaco sprint race aside from you know the the hundreds of thousands of dollars of damaged cars that that would result in? It it, it seems to me just to be this sort of F one taking a few minutes to flop around in a kiddie pool that's only halfway full, trying to find its identity, when it seems to already have it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it that that is a good point. It it does F one is successful so why i mean yeah if it ain't broke don't fix it just can just continue to do what you're doing just do it well so i guess we we should if you had to have a sprint what changes would you make to this current format and i know i have to say if you had to have one because otherwise you you just say what is it Steph said just scrap the whole thing yeah no, no. <laughs> dream weekend format for formula one dream sprint weekend format for formula one the you know okay the only thing i could do that would make the sprint format more palatable for myself i would go back to the 2021 and 2022 rules first of all and have qualifying set the order for the sprint and sprint set the order for the grand prix i would move qualifying to saturday morning and the sprint to saturday afternoon local time wherever that might be and given the short length of the sprint, if I were the FIA, and this is just talk about flopping around in a kiddie pool looking for my identity, this is just off the wall, I would mandate one tire compound for the entire race. No pit stops, no tire changes. For the entire sprint race, that is. The entire sprint, not a race. It's a sprint. <laughs> and not one tire based on the tire that you ran in Q2, but coming into the weekend, you know, Monday of race week, not Tuesday, not Wednesday, whatever, not the previous Sunday, but Monday, the FI announces that everyone is going to run this 17 lap sprint race around the streets of Baku on the soft tire. And that's that. Make them last. Advantage they, yeah, they, they might not have lasted the full 17 laps, although that would have been funny if a little bit 2005 US Grand Prix. That's yeah. That's a situation it's, you can run into, but this is all hypothetical. It's fine. It's and not I mean, the best idea because then, you know, <laughs> then you you might not exactly have a race as much as you might have. The Grand Prix starting grid is set by whose tire happens to not explode. <laughs> <first>. <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> but you know, if if we're messing around with questionable adjustments to a perfectly good formula, then I'll throw my hat in. <laughs> yeah. Well, so we. I, I told you before we started recording, you weren't allowed to say the thing that I was going to say here, which is just do support races. Like, like Long Beach, I think is a fantastic example. I've been to Long Beach quite a few times, a few times since I moved out here. Um, I've been to NASCAR races as well. And what I think for someone who is a casual racing fan, a sort of category of people I'm not quite sure even exist, um, to the way to create value for someone who's buying a ticket is to just give them more racing, especially if they are a casual racing fan who, you know, doesn't know the name of every IndyCar driver. Like, mm -hmm. even if you don't know who Robbie Gordon or Matty Brabham or Cletus McFarland are, Stadium Super Trucks still rules. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Like there, there are people who went to the Grand Prix of Long Beach and were most excited for the Stadium Super Truck race after the IndyCar race. Of course, I would say the IndyCar race because that's you know the big event, and and IndyCar is my special perfect child who can do no wrong. But like support racing, there was there was vintage, Zach Zach Brown was driving a vintage F one car, and like that's the sort of thing that should be happening on F one weekends. It, it it you don't need more F one racing because something that I think is really special about F one is it's so selective. That's like their whole shtick is there i mean there used to be like only 20 races and now they're going to be infinity uh but there are only 20 drivers there are only 10 teams and it is the pinnacle of motorsport so like a, a small dose of it might go farther than than you think and just having you know a bunch of dentists racing porsche 911s around the track before that's still racing the cars sound good and, you know, while we're on that topic, that's something that I think everybody needs to be excited for, regardless of what you think of the W Series and how that how that um, project seems to have fizzled out. That's what the, what's exciting about stuff like F1 Academy. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if I go to an F1 race, I don't mind a Porsche support race at some point. I don't even, I don't even, I can't remember the last time I actually sat down and watched one of those to prove my point. But, <laughs> but you know, yeah, take, Take some people that that haven't entirely broke into international motorsport, throw them in some F three machinery, and and you you know let them go. I, I agree entirely that more racing is good racing, but yeah. more racing just for entertainment's sake becomes questionable because then you end up with stage racing. <laughs> yeah, and and two things just before we go, um, is you said you can't remember the last time you watched a, a Porsche Super Cup or whatever's race. Yeah, because they're not meant for the TV audience. They're meant for the people at the racetrack. And you're you're providing something to the people at the racetrack, a, a more value for them who forked over their hard-earned money to go see your sporting event. And also, it's a different kind of racing. So it won't be the same show again. The same person isn't going to win all the races that weekend for example Sergio Perez at Azerbaijan so mm -hmm. that I mean I just think every race should be more like the Grand Prix of Long Beach um, I also would like if every race were sponsored by Acura so I can with me with my 15 year old Acura can get into the special VIP area and have free coffee <laughs> that, that would be nice but yeah, every, every, comes out. every race should be more like Long Beach. Uh, and if you have the chance to go to Long Beach, you should go. Uh, Alex, you can come next year.
sleep on my couch if you want i'm working on it <laughs> <laughs> all right that uh that is all the time we have um thank you all so much for listening why not give front stretch a follow on the twitter check out our content on frontstretch.com our youtube channel and follow alex on twitter at alex kid swan and me at jack swansea alex do you have anything else you'd like to say before we go to miami onward to miami all right until next time everybody Bye-bye.